Welcome back. You're listening to Seek's Insights and Resources Hire a Podcast channel. My name is Hamish Coots, and today I'm joined by Tony Wood, who is the head of law firm Herbert Smith Freehill's Melbourne employment team. He's one of the country's leading labour and employment lawyers, and he's here today to talk about employee social media policies and where employers stand in this digital age. Welcome, Tony. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, Hamish. So it's a blurry line. Many people would assume they're free to say and do as they like on their individual social media accounts, but can an employer direct an employee uh, to not participate in social media or, in fact, even dictate the content their employees are posting? Well, I wouldn't be a lawyer if I didn't say there were two answers to that. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yes and no. I mean, first of all, and most importantly, there's, a, there's a, this kind of general principle that lawyers have or the law directs and it says that in employment, you can direct an employee to comply with a, uh, a requirement as long as it's lawful and reasonable. And what's lawful and reasonable is obviously going to vary in all of the circumstances of a particular case. But certainly here in relation to uh, an employee's use of social media, for example, um, yes, it's generally been held that it's both lawful and reasonable to be able to direct someone when they can and can't uh, engage in those kind of activities. Mm, okay. So what about um, social media activities when they're outside of work? Um, what obligations do employees have? And then the second part to that question, um, what rights do employees have when people, as I said, are outside of work on their own social media accounts? Well, uh, again, the interesting concept is that uh, to be kind of lawful and reasonable, there has to be a, a direct connection between the employment and uh, the activities of the employer. So mm. you can't simply prevent an employee from uh, engaging in private activities outside ordinary working hours. But where there's some connection, the, the, the courts and the law talks about there needs to be some kind of direct or, or tangible indirect connection between mm -hmm. the activity which occurs outside of work and that which occurs uh, directly inside the work. And many employees will have policies, for instance, will say uh, that during work time you can't be on Facebook yeah. or you can't uh, you know, you know, do anything which is uh, critical or, or contrary to the best interests of the employer. But it's also potentially, um, they're also potentially able to say, well, you can't engage in any conduct which is contrary to the best interests of your employer when you're outside side of work. And that's consistent with a whole range of express and implied contractual common law principles. So th th there's, there's a general implied term in any employment contract that an employee must act in the best interests of his or her employer. Mm. They can't act uh, in a manner which is inconsistent with their primary obligations to their employer. They can't, for instance, convey confidential information or they can't disclose information which would otherwise be confidential. And they can't work in, a, in another business which is uh, perhaps competitive to their employer in circumstances where it's not known or disclosed to their employer. So all of these implied terms apply uh, to every employee, even if they're not written down or even mm -hmm. particularly well understood between between the parties. But in terms of whether the employer can then say, "Look, you can't you can't post on Facebook." That, that in a general term would be too broad. You can't yes. stop someone from engaging in a private activity or conduct. But what they can reasonably uh, uh, direct is say, well, you can't, uh, you can't go on Facebook or Twitter or any of those numerable um, social media sites where you uh, make comments about your employment or uh, you make comments about your employee employment which might be critical or derogatory or negative in mm. any particular way. Sure. In another, and look, without giving away any, any specific cases or, or, or things that you've seen come across your desk in your role, but a lot of social media accounts, people actually put down where they work. Um, so, for example, on my Facebook account, I'd say that I work at Seek. Uh, 
if, for example, and I'm not tipping myself in here, but I have uh, behaved in a um, oh, an, either an unlawful manner or if I'm doing something um, that is misappropriate behaviour and I'm somehow intrinsically linked to seek due to that, um, is that an area where an employer, employer could actually step in? It may be, and let's look at it another way. Very often, employers actually want their employees to be active in yeah. social media. They want them to engage in Twitter. They want them to be uh, posting uh, things very often about the nature of the business. And in fact, LinkedIn is kind of one of the typical social media outlets where, the, where that's expected for employees to be able to propagate, if you like, the uh, uh, the best interests of the employer to disclose some things that are happening in the employment. But where you might, uh, where the difficulty arises is where you. Um, and a hypothetical mm. you, mm. if not you, uh, <laughs> might do something inappropriate or untoward, or you might uh, make a posting which is critical of a competitor of your employer, uh, which might be, be somewhat unseemly and reflect badly on your your, your employer or in, in, indeed you directly. And that's where you kind of uh, approach this, this connection. What's the connection between the conduct that you're engaging in in private and your employment? Mm. And there is a legitimate business interest that the employer has to be able to restrain or prevent an employee from making those kind of critical comments. And in fact, uh, not only are there quite a number of cases, um, typically in the in the uh, industrial tribunals, but more particularly in the media, which we read about. And you know, jumping ahead, everyone I think is familiar with the Scott McIntyre case, where where the uh, the journalist who worked at SBS mm, um, yep. broadcasts what were deemed to be by a whole range of people quite offensive tweets um, on Anzac Day um, about uh, Australian personnel having served overseas. And and in one sense, uh, the comments that he made may well be appropriate in, in the public discourse and discussion about Anzac Day and Australian uh, military involvement. But on the other hand, uh, they were viewed and deemed by his employer as something which is beyond the pale, something unacceptable for someone in his position to be uh, on his on his employer's Twitter account mm. uh, to be making comments which were so inflammatory. And that case got a huge amount of publicity. I mean, the Prime Minister and the parliamentarians were involved in it and, of course, it made front-page news everywhere. Um, and ultimately, interestingly, uh, Mr McIntyre was dismissed by his yes. employer uh, and uh, it took uh, a proceeding uh, in the uh, under the Fair Work Act. Uh, interestingly, in that case, his proceed, his, the proceeding he initiated was, was perhaps the wrong one and he should have initiated an unfair dismissal claim and he instead he pursued what was called a general protections claim, which was unsuccessful on really jurisdictional grounds and ultimately the case was settled mm. um, privately. But there is you know, a, a litany of other cases, not, not greatly dissimilar to that, where the Fair Work Commission in unfair dismissal proceedings makes determinations about whether the conduct of the employee in their private activities actually uh, 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 can be regulated by the employer. Yep, sure. So you've mentioned a couple of times about that connection back to the workplace um, and that expectation. So what does successful watertight social media policy ideally need to cover? And I guess the second part to that, how often does it need to be reviewed and revisited these days? Well, I mean, most employees will have policies and sometimes those policies will supplement what's in an actual written contract of employment. And sometimes they'll be uh, not mentioned at all in the contract. But like any good policy, they need to be reviewed you know, continually. And, and my recommendation would be you know, any of your policies should be reviewed every couple of years at least to make 
sure that they're current and up to date and, and they reflect changed circumstances. But what should be in it? Well, first of all, there's a few essential elements that should be any, in any uh, policy like this. First of all, it needs to be really clear about who it applies to. Does it apply just to employees? Do you have that expectation for contractors or casual employees or others? And normally a, con- a policy like this would apply to everyone who's working within the business at a particular time. You would also uh, make need to make clear how broad that policy is going to be. Does it simply apply to uh, restrictions on disclosure of confidential information, mm. or uh, should it uh, should it uh, direct that the employee doesn't make any comments about uh, him or herself in terms of identifying uh, his or her employer? And some, as as I mentioned before, some employees actually want their employees to be actively out on social media, and others don't want them to to be there at all. And to the extent that they might be there, they're not to disclose their employment. So that needs to be clear in the policy. Uh, I think what it also needs to do is make it very clear about what is acceptable and unacceptable uh, behaviour on social media. So uh, what can and can't be said, and the best kind of policies will give a whole range of examples about right. that. They'll say, well, here's an example of someone posting something which is acceptable on, on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook, and here's something which is unacceptable. Um, and you'd, you'd, you'd give a whole range of those examples. And probably most importantly, the policy will outline what the consequences of, uh, of uh, not compliance will, will mean. And uh, it's really important to say that how important the uh, the policy is, why it needs to be complied with, and if it's breached, what the consequences are. And, and particularly, it will say, I think, in the event of a serious breach, that uh, uh, termination of employment yes. is, is, is a likely outcome in those proceedings. In your opinion, Tony, do are a lot of organisations getting this policy right, or is it something that the, the large majority is still really grappling with? Uh, a lot of them are getting it right because uh, most larger employees will now have policies yep. dealing with this and smaller uh, employers typically don't, but the, the trend is certainly towards uh, the, the, the getting this kind of really solid policy background and it's, it's as much as I'd like to say as a lawyer, it's difficult. It's not rocket science really, yep. it's pretty basic stuff. Um, and they're getting it right and in fact even when they're getting it right, they're still falling into traps, probably not of their own making, uh, in fact, because where we get most publicity in these kind of uh, in this area is where you get unfair dismissal proceedings. Yeah. So you might have a really robust and appropriate policy that's enforced fairly and consistently across the board, but each case is is going to be determined on its individual merits. So you might have an employee who fails to comply with the policy, but despite that. Um, the, the, and they may be terminated in their employment in the case of a serious breach of it, but they could nevertheless be reinstated by the Fair Work Commission mm. because uh, the the, uh, the commission's required to look not only whether there's what's called a valid reason for the termination, which it would in this case be the breach of the policy, but then required to consider whether in any event the termination of the employment is harsh, unjust, unreasonable. Yeah. And there's a whole uh, string of cases, including one even as... Uh, uh, you know, as, as recently as uh, March 2016, which says uh, that 
uh, gave in, in, in the case of the uh, Department, Federal Department of Health and Services, where an employee posted a whole range of very critical comments about the clientele of, of that employer, talked about clients being lazy, uh, being uh, uh, you know, disparaging terms like being spastics or drug addicts. Mm. Uh, and uh, this person worked with, closely with those people as clients. Um, and the vice president of the Fair Work Commission said, look, the policy that the department had was really good. It was robust, it was clear, it enabled employees to make private comments if they wanted to. Uh, as long as they didn't go beyond the pale, effectively. And the employer determined that this employee went too far. And in fact, the vice president said, yes, he did go too far. Um, and there was a valid reason for termination, but you need to take into account all of these other factors. This employee had been working there for 21 years. He'd been a good employee with, with right. otherwise an exceptional uh, record as, as an employment. Uh, and also um, the vice president said that there was no actual damage caused to the employer I mean they didn't suffer any any uh, you know decline in business well, it might be hard for a government monopoly but in any event they they didn't suffer any any great loss in their prestige as a result of these comments that were made on mm. you know social media sites like Whirlpool and the like so in the end valid reason but the termination was harsh mm. and just and reasonable and again there to the extent that employers are un, unsuccessful in, in enforcing unfair dismissal claims that tends to be where they they come under right and is that particular example there is that a pretty significant piece of precedent um, or, or is the precedent a little bit murky. How do how, in your role? How how are you seeing those other cases coming before, and how's it guiding you? No, look, I think that the, it, it's not particular. It's insightful to get a, to get a view of how uh, the regulator or the, the the commission might view these cases. But the precedent value, in one sense, is limited because it, it's fairly clear that the, the courts and the tribunals have said in a number of occasions, you have a right to have a policy, you have a right to enforce that policy, mm. uh, but you just need to be wary that when you seek to enforce the policy, you do so in a manner that's unfair, that takes into account all of those other circumstances. And, uh, you know, we've had other cases, you know, the celebrated, and they, all of these make the media. Yes. Uh, you know, the case of the tram driver who who posted photographs of stupid drivers that he yeah. came across yep. in, in his job and posted them on, on Facebook. Um, and, and in many respects, it was quite humorous. Uh, what, what he was posting. It wasn't necessarily uh, critical of, of his employer, uh, but unfortunately for him, um, what he did was pretty stupid because he took photographs and posted them on Facebook, which could only have been taken while he was moving in his tram. Yeah. So not a particularly safe activity <laughs> to be undertaking. And I think that was his undoing, unfortunately. But you get all, all the types of examples. There's a hairdresser case where uh, the employee was, was, was not celebrating in the Christmas spirit. She'd been declined uh, a Christmas bonus and she posted on Facebook about how critical, you know, how mean and, and, and stingy his, her employer was. And of course, many of her friends on Facebook were clients of, of, the, uh, mm. uh, of, of the, uh, the hairdressing salon where she worked and the employer terminated her employment but again, not dissimilar to the health uh, Department of Health and uh, 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 case, uh, the tribunal held that the termination was unfair uh, because of the circumstances. It was a minor breach. Um, no one really found out and the employer sat on its hands and didn't take any action immediately about it. So there's just so many cases that, 
that kind of add up generally to a to a stream of consciousness that uh, employees need just to be wary in the in the in the matter of implementation of their policy. Not certainly shouldn't prevent them from having the policy mm. in the first place. Okay. So let's uh, have a look at the recruitment phase, though, and we all know it's, it's really, really common to look at a candidate's social media accounts, and, and people do that to try and get a bit of a sense of people beyond the CV. Um, are there any legal ramifications for an employer doing this during the recruitment phase? Uh, n- yes, there are, but I wouldn't... I wouldn't counsel them from not doing it mm. because clearly you want to get a, an idea of who it is that you're you're recruiting and understand a little bit about them. And if there's a means in the public domain that you can do that, well, go ahead and do it. Uh, having said that, there's there's one or two significant uh, areas that you need to be wary of. Uh, in Australia, we have a fairly strict regime of state and federal uh, anti-discrimination laws, and that's really supplemented in the Fair Work Act, uh, where we have what's called general protections or adverse action protections for employees. That applies not only to employees, but prospective employees. So if someone applies for employment, uh, and if they're refused employment because an employer has seen something on their Facebook page that might indicate that they're a, uh, a Labor voter instead of a Liberal voter, for instance, uh, or it might indicate that they support a particular uh, uh, group in the community that the employer doesn't group that might attach uh, to a ground of discrimination, then uh, if that can be established by the employee that they weren't employed for that reason, then that would be unlawful. So political opinion is, uh, in many states, uh, a uh, an unlawful ground mm. of discrimination. So if you're posting things uh, about your political views and the employer says, I kind of don't like those views, mm. um, well, that would be potentially unlawful and you could mount a claim for uh, uh, for discrimination, even though you're a mere applicant for, an empo- for employment. So that's really the key area that you need to be wary of. Uh, there are also privacy laws in Australia that prevent the collection of certain types of information, uh, which you also need to be somewhat wary of. But in the case of, of information, which is just generally in the public domain floating around in cyberspace, uh, employees are fairly safe to be able to rely on that information. Right, great. Tony, it's a fascinating subject. Um, we could talk for hours on this, and I think it's only going to become more prevalent uh, as social media uh, continues to take off. But thank you so much for your time, for coming in today, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Seek Podcast channel. Thanks, mm-hmm.